Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, everybody. I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number 38, we're talking about CDs. Gosh, uh, CDs. You know, CDs, in my opinion, are just about the last frontier in collectible audio. CDs are just about the last one that you can physically handle because MP3s are just a completely different ballgame. As the law currently stands, you can't resell them because you don't have the physical product. They don't fall under the old laws. They're licensed. So you could download a whole bunch of MP3s and and put them in a thumb drive or something like that, and you can't sell those either without being heavily fined or go to jail. So, So CDs are the last bastion for we music collectors. As you can see by looking behind me, I've got a whole bunch of them. Looks like it. Yeah, I keep swearing I'm going to divest myself of you know this big collection, but every time I go out and I see something I like, I buy it. So, <laughs> one out, one in. You can't listen to all those. You've got so many. Yeah, that that's true. I, I go through stages where I feel like listening to a particular style of music. Like this week, it's been a lot of Mozart. A week before last, it was a lot of bluegrass. So, wow. you know, it, it varies depending on my mood, and I need to have it there so I can pull them out and listen to them when I want to. And I'm I'm not alone in that, and that's what makes the, the secondary market for UCDs so good. Because it's like used books. You can, there are a lot of them you can buy cheap. I mean, you can go into consignment stores and buy them for a buck a piece and get some really great stuff. Mm-hmm. But on the secondary market, some of them will sell for a lot of money as well. Yes. In, in the hundreds of dollars. So it's a good place to be with those because you can still buy them cheap and it won't be long before you can get nice prices for most of them. Like the episode we had on VHS tapes. They're not all, you can't make a killing on all of them. They're not all worth a fortune. Right. But uh, boy, there are some that really sell for a nice price. Yes. Yes. And in my experience, it's it's been the odd, the unusual kind of music that's harder to find, exotic, that kind of stuff. But when I am at, say, a a garage sale or a flea market or some kind of an estate sale. And if they have a box of CDs that they just want to get rid of, say 10 bucks or whatever for the whole box, mm-hmm. I generally will not look them up. I will just buy the whole box and bring them home. Right. Because for me, I think it's fun to just set that box by the TV when I'm watching, you know, American Idol or whatever I'm watching. And then eBay has made it so easy with their scanner mm-hmm. that you can scan those barcodes while you're just sitting there. And I have a little TV tray set up with, with a, a towel on it so I can take pictures right while I'm sitting there. Right. And CDs, in my experience, because they're, they're, they can be overpopulated sometimes with people listing them for a penny. 
right. or people listing them for, you know, 99 cents or so cheap. Right. So my research process is a little different than um, the norm, which means I would scan the barcode while I'm sitting there, and then I would look at current listings to see how many are actually on there. Right. And then I would adjust it to the lowest price first mm-hmm. and see how low people are have these listed at right. and say if there's 70 of them listed and there's a couple at, you know, $4.99, $3.99, $2.99, I'm not going to bother. Right. I'm not going to bother putting it on. So that would go into uh, a box that would be prepared to list as a box lot. Right. So what's your price threshold for a single CD? Of course, I know there are a lot of variables in there, but what what to you makes it worth it to put a CD on eBay? Well, if I'm sitting there, you know, enjoying myself watching TV and, and, and killing time, I don't mind... If I listed at $9.99, I, I would prefer at least $9.99 free shipping. That would be um, what I would prefer. Sometimes if there's, you know, if there's a couple listed at at $4.99 or f- say there's a couple listed at $5, but there's only two on, right? I may go ahead and list mine at $4.99 just right. Because I can. Right. <laughs> so, you know, it just depends when you're in the moment and doing that research. Now, once you realize that um, there's there's a few on, maybe there's not as many on, right. that's when you have to click over to sold and take a look at what they've been selling for so then you don't underprice yourself. Yeah, so it's the process is a little different than um, the normal where I just usually go right to worth point. I go right to sold and, and highest price first. Okay. Looking up items. So when you get a box of CDs at a sale of some sort, do you listen to them? I don't, but of course, when I'm taking my pictures, I'll take them out and I'll look to see on the back if it scratches. And sometimes... Not paying attention, the wrong CD is in there. <laughs> so, really? Or it's empty. <laughs> right, right. Just a case. Yeah. Yeah, I was wondering about that because from time to time I've bought CDs at sales with the intention of playing the music because it was music mm. that I liked. And I get it home and the CD won't play. Is that right? Because it's got a scratch on it or something like that. And have you ever had any thing that you've sold where something like that has slipped through the cracks and the buyers come back to you? No, I actually haven't. Because if it okay. if it's scratched, I'll throw it away. I won't. Okay. You won't I sell. won't bother. Right. It's not worth it. Now, are there particular CDs that you find are bringing more money? And when you list a CD, are they all in what are, are now called uh, jewel boxes? The, the square plastic boxes. I haven't heard that term in so long. Well, I'm an old guy. So. <laughs> well, heavy metal. Now, it's interesting, Wayne, because when I was talking about the the truckload uh, or the, the van that we, we bought, and um, back when we were talking about uh, record albums, vinyl, and we had purchased a trailer just so we could haul home all of this guy's stuff that we bought out the estate. 
there was a lot of record albums, but there was even more <laughs> CDs. Mm-hmm. And the CDs actually sold faster than the records. So heavy metal sold better for me than any of the others. And the biggest selling ones that I remember having was called Motorhead. Mm -hmm. And if you just for fun, go look up Motorhead CD on any um, eBay or on WorthPoint platform. And you'll be surprised. They they go for, you know, hundreds of dollars, some of them. And it just depends how rare. I've seen them go for $82 on up. When I'm out and about and I find CDs, and of course I collect records and, and such as well. But if I'm looking at CDs, for me, there are two considerations. I, I buy for myself for music to listen to. Mm-hmm. And the other one is I buy for the artifact itself for the for the CD itself because very in, in the early days of CDs when they first came out late eighties early nineties they hadn't settled on a way to package them yet they weren't the they weren't the little jewel boxes uh, that we have today and then in the early nineties. Record stores were everywhere. Every town had a record store. But you walk into a record store, and there's racks and racks of new vinyl albums. And you would flip through the the racks and the albums in various categories to find the ones that you want. Now, these little old CDs would get lost in all that. So initially, they started to put those out in what were called long boxes. They were the same. They were 12 inches. Uh, they weren't as wide. They weren't 12 by 12, but it was tall enough to stand up in one of those racks uh, and be seen. So mm-hmm. as you flip through, you could find that it would have a jewel box in the top, and it would be box with plastic wrapping over it. you throw away the box. But at the top, it would have the jewel box, and then it would have the CD, usually at the bottom, and then you'd open it up and you'd put the CD in the jewel box and that would be, be it. But for purposes of display, long boxes were the first thing to hit the market. And uh, So if you happen to find something in a long box, then it's, regardless of what the music is, it's valuable just for the packaging. Uh, and there are some other things. There's uh, I have on the shelf behind me a, a Bonnie Raitt set. It's two CDs. And it's called a digipack, and it opens. It's a it's a trifold with two CDs in it. So you open up the left side, you open up the the next level, and then it lays out in three parts. Uh, they they were made of heavy cardboard. There was no plastic there, except in the place where you click the CD in. And those were popular when when I would if I see something like that. Uh, even if I don't like the music, I'm going to buy it because people collect that early packaging. Another type uh, that I have, 12 by 12 box sets. They're the size of an album, but they've got four CDs in it. I've got a set of uh, Memphis Blues with four CDs in it in that kind of a box set. Mm-hmm. There's also something called slip boxes. They're uh, roughly the same size as a jewel case, but it's thicker, and they will have usually more than one CD in them. 
And then there's, you know, uh, variations on, on the jewel box, like you have slimline things. I buy those when I, I find CDs that don't have a jewel box. Uh, I'll get, I once bought a stack of those just for that purpose. And I've still got some because usually I don't buy without a, a box unless it's really a good CD. Uh, so packaging, in other words, packaging makes a big difference in in the artifact itself and in the saleability of it. Wow, that's really interesting. All right, it's time for a break, Wayne. It's, this is a good place to stop for a word from our sponsor. Hey, eBay sellers. It pays to know what you've got and what it's worth. That's why you need WorthPoint. WorthPoint.com is the world's largest resource for pricing antiques and collectibles with millions of items, photos, and sold-for prices. With their free mobile app for iPhone and Android, you can carry the power of WorthPoint right in your pocket, wherever you go. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to WorthPoint.com. And we're back. Yours truly, Wayne Jordan and Dana Crawford, and we're discussing flipping CDs. I can remember, you know, buying empty jewel cases to to have on hand when my other ones broke and printed out, you know, the the doors was my all-time favorite and mm-hmm. you know, I would print out the the vinyl album cover in mm-hmm. a mini edition and put it into my my jewel case so that right. I could preserve and find it when I wanted to play it. Speaking of of music and and the various uh, formats of CDs and how they're put together in the earlier earliest days of music CDs the capacity of the discs were not as high as they are today mm. they had so if someone had a long songs like Fleetwood Mac oh the album Tusk uh, yeah. 1979 Fleetwood Mac uh, they put that to CD they put took that album put it on but they had to shorten three songs to get it on there. So if you find one of those that was the Japanese first pressing, that's going to be a little more valuable because those songs had been uh, shortened. Mm. Uh, Sarah, Not That Funny, and I Know I'm Not Wrong, had all been shortened. And also, when they finally took all of the music and put, uh, when the format became longer, and they were able to get all of the music from the original album on, then that's a CD that has new material. So if you can find something that has excluded material, or if you can find the first CD that has all the material, all of those are going to be uh, more valuable uh, simply because of what they are. Okay, that makes total sense. So I can remember... um... I can remember, like, so we want to look for ones that are special editions. Right. Deluxe. Right. Editions. Master. Masters. Aren't masters of CDs digital files? Yes. But, so, limited editions, deluxe editions, and then masters are higher higher quality. It's my understanding. Well, masters are... In in the record business, a master disc is the one that the other discs are cut from. Uh, so they're going to be very hard to find. In 
MP3s and digital music, it's going to be a digital file. You know, I understand that digital files can deteriorate over time, as as can CDs. Um, also, do you remember Napster? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so remember Napster, and and it was like, okay, let's let's get these bootleg music. You know, we can I can get the full version of the Wall on from Napster, and you know, get it on my download. <laughs> I can remember being involved with that. There are court cases ongoing. Have been really? for years. Yeah, there was uh, a case with it was a seller in Capitol Records. And it comes back to the first sale doctrine. I don't know mm-hmm. if we've talked about first sale doctrine. No. First sale is, let's say that I buy a copy of a book, a physical book. Well, that book's mine. If I want to resell it, I can resell it. That's the foundation of the of the used book business and just about everything on eBay, all the physical products. People buy them, they own them, and they have the right to resell them. And when they do resell them, the creator of the product, the copyright holder, doesn't get a dime for it because he only makes his money on the first sale. But with digital media, it's different. For example, if I download an MP3 file or a Kindle book or something like that, I don't own it. It's licensed. The the usage is licensed. And Amazon has come up with a way of, of seeing to it that people can't sell that kind of thing. They, they have a patent on a process that uh, if something is sold, it gets deleted from the original user's uh, computer once it's all, all uploaded. They, there was talk about Amazon going into selling secondhand MP3 files the same way that they did uh, you know, used books. Recent thoughts on that are they didn't really do it so they could get into the business. They did it so that nobody else could get into the business. Bezos has got to pay for that rocket ship somehow. Yeah. But so it's just a completely different thing with uh, digital files and and physical files. But, But CDs are still something that you can buy and handle and touch and take out and inspect Mm-hmm. And copy to your computer, <laughs> right? And then turn around and sell them. So, uh, not that I've ever done that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I I can remember um, just using my computer though to listen. Um, I didn't want to waste uh, my hard drive with with right. storing storing things. But the great thing too about being able to scan the barcode is eBay will pull in that playlist. It'll pull in all of that information for you. Really? Yes, it pulls all that in, all of the item specifics, which are um, so important. But you have to pay attention because sometimes it'll pull in the wrong item specifics. And that happens from people uploading the wrong UPC and... I've seen it. I've I've listed that way before and not paid attention, and right. then ended up selling the wrong item because right. it didn't match. But even though I scanned it, and it was okay, it must be true because I scanned it. Oh. But sometimes it's it's not correct. So you definitely want to take you know have a double take on 
checking that that information matches the CD that you're listing. Right, right. And that might be another good way to find items where the songs had been a cut or shortened. Does it, does, sure. when they pull up the information, does it give you the timestamp how long the song is? I believe it does. Some of them do. Um, another tip that back in the day when, you know, descriptions and, and titles, well, they're still important, but now it's a little bit easier than it used to be. But I would actually spend the time and type out the playlist uh, in right. my description, just right. in case somebody was looking for it. Or people can search descriptions if they sure. adjust their their search. So now you know, we're all about saving time and getting our listings up. I'll just take a picture of the playlist, you know, the front and back of the CD. And also I'll lay the CD on my towel or whatever surface I'm using to take pictures, the TV tray. And then I'll turn my, my phone, my AKA camera off to the side so that people can see that there are no scratches on there. Right. So you've right. got proof when you're shipping that off. That's, right. you know, authentic, no scratches. So pictures are very helpful with um, getting the point across and letting them see that they're getting that actual playlist. And sometimes it's worth taking the paper out of the jewel because some of them turn into posters. So you could open them up and there right. could be a poster inside, which is another selling point. Exactly. So to kind of summarize here, there, there are two considerations. One is the music itself, but the other one's the artifact. So you know the packaging and whether or not there's a poster in it. All, all of those things combine to make a CD worth more money. Sure. Well, well, well. The end of episode thirty-eight. Isn't that remarkable? Crazy. Yes, it is. Uh, I'm glad to have this going so well, and and I'd like to thank our listeners for your downloads and your comments and, and remarks and visiting our blog at flipitorskipit.com. It's just been a lot of fun. Um, Wayne, I don't know. I, I think I forgot to tell you, but our t-shirts are on back order and we've mm -hmm. got official t-shirts coming in with Flip It or Skip It logo on it. And I think it'd be fun if we could give some away. Well, it would. Let's uh, work out the details of that once we actually have them in hand. So stay tuned, probably our next episode or the one after that, and uh, we'll tell you how you might be able to get a Flip It or Skip It t-shirt for free. So that's it. Dana, enjoy your weekend. Thanks, Wayne. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Point.